Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Hey, Ben. Oh, hi. How you doing, buddy? Great. How are you? I'm fine. How's your last uh, two days, Ben? Yeah, pretty uneventful. I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> pretty much nothing. Uh, I don't have anything either. I got a haircut. I went for a long walk and discovered it was Albanian Independence Day. Oh, look at that. How yeah. did you discover it? Did a man run down the street with a flag shouting it? Uh, there were several cars driving around the lake with Albanian flags honking their horns. That's it? Was it like a parade or just two cars? I said a bunch of cars. How many is a bunch to you? I don't know, maybe a dozen. There's, oh, well, okay. there's more Albanians in this town than I thought there were. Uh, yeah, I actually had gone to Goodwill years ago, and I got a shirt that apparently had the Albanian flag on it, like the logo of a bird. Yeah. And I didn't really know what it was, but uh, I went into a convenience store one day, and the person said, oh, it's my flag, and he explained to me it's Albania, and said it's a beautiful country, and you should look it up. So I did. When I went home, I looked it up, and it is a beautiful country. Well, yeah. It's right there on the Adriatic. Did you look it up? Oh, no, I just know the song from the hit sitcom Cheers. <laughs> There's a song that involves a... Not the main theme song doesn't mention Albania, does it? No, no, it was, it was in the show. I don't remember why it came up, but uh, there's... Albania, Albania, <laughs> you border on the Adriatic. And there's some other stuff about its exports or something. I don't remember. <laughs> its exports. Yeah. What, what episode? Why was that in an episode? I don't remember the details. It was one of the early episodes, too, because it was uh, the character Coach. I think was singing it. Didn't he die? Oh. Early oh, coach. He was an old guy. I remember that show because it's supposed <laughs> to be. It was pretending to be based at the University of no, Minnesota. No, no, not the show. Coach, the c- coach character on Cheers. God damn it! I know, try and I keep moved up here. On. Now I'm talking about the show. Coach, can we? Nobody's you know, talking about the show. Just, coach. Let's just drop it all together. We Even when nice the show Coach was on the air, nobody was talking about the show. Coach. People love that show. Yeah, I know. I watched it a lot. Did you? Yeah, well, you like sports. Yeah, well, it's a good, yeah, it's a good thing for a boy to watch with his dad when Oh, there you go. Sees him every My dad weekend watch coach two me. days a week or whatever. Huh. Do you have a good relationship with your father? Do you think Coach made that grow? Because my dad and I <laughs> never watch Coach, and our relationship is crap. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think our relationship's fine. I don't know if Coach had anything to do about it, but... Uh... How's that breakup doing? Yeah, I, I think calling it a breakup is a bit much. I mean, we you know dated each other for a few weeks. It was it's fine. All right, fine. Still no word. I was telling. Oh no, no, that's over. I mean, there's not going to be any word. Huh? She's. Uh, oh, she's I'm not expecting you to come back, but maybe something like, "Hey, I forgot this thing at your place. Damn it! Can you send it to me or something like uh, just something, some sort of follow up, but nothing." No, uh, no. I told my hairdresser about your breakup. <laughs> 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 okay, thank you. And what did your hairdresser have to say? I just love that I'm like a like a little old lady gossiping with my hairdresser over at Fantastic Sam's. 
<laughs> I even told her I said uh, I'm And not here gonna I thought we weren't going to have anything to talk about I guess Well I didn't think my uh, my getting a haircut Was going to be as big a news as it turned out to be But apparently when it, I got nothing else to talk about in my life I just talked to other people about your life And it seems to make up for that gap I uh, told my hairdresser I'm not going to have a job soon So you won't be seeing this guy for a while So cut my hair real real short I gotta let this thing grow out for a while and she said, all right. And then as she's snipping away, what's new in your life? And I said, no, well, you know, Ben. And she goes, oh, Ben. And I said, well, him and his girlfriend broke up. And, <coughs> and uh, yeah, she didn't have much to say about it. She just said online dating. Wait, is uh, she already aware of me for some reason? No. Oh, okay. I was just making that part up. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes. You, you tend to blur the line between reality and fiction. So I told her, and she said, did he meet her online? And I said, yeah, he's uh, been getting out there, dating. And she goes, yeah, a lot of people online are crap. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, I gave it up a while ago. I, I like, oh. see. I've had overall pleasant experiences. I don't, I'm not as cynical as that. Oh well, you haven't gotten your heart broken enough. This holiday season, give the gift of comfort. What are you doing? Sorry, I was trying to play the Albania song, but there's an ad first. <laughs> I love you. Just started doing it while we're in the middle of talking. I can multitask. Are we really okay? We're gonna listen. Do we have to listen to the whole song? How long is this song? Is it gonna be an awkward three minutes? No, no. It's this clip is a minute long. <laughs> can you hear it? Okay. Yeah. Why'd you say it like that? We learn our facts by associating countries with music. Why? But How long is this? <laughs> I told you, it's, it's like a minute long. <laughs> no. One, they, got, they got to settle. Two, three. Albania, Albania, <laughs> you border on the Adriatic. Your land is most... Now I'm on my phone just surfing. <laughs> and your chief export is chrome. You're a communist republic. You're a red regime. Sing it, sing There, did you like that? <sighs> Their chief export is chrome? Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to trust that as the sole... <laughs> Source of fact on Albania, a 35 year old song from a sitcom. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is their chief export. I don't know. Maybe not. You know, if we're really going to go down this road, then we might as well just go down this road. Albania's chief export. Top 10 exports, 2019. Well, 2019. That's maybe things have changed. Recent enough. Uh, footwear, number one. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Yep. Wow. Uh, the following export product groups represent the highest dollar value in Albanian global shipments during 2019. So, number one, footwear. Uh, mineral fuels, including oil. Uh, clothing, accessories. Knit or crochet clothing. Who would have thought that would be a chief export? That's number four. Number five is iron and steel. Uh, electrical machinery. Ores. Slag and ash. Uh, number eight is meat. Seafood preparations. Number nine, vegetables. And number ten, paper items. Happy Independence Day, Albania. For all you Minneapolis Albanians, uh, that's especially for you. I, I heard you. I heard you honking your horns. And I stand. I stand <laughs> I with you. you. I'm there with you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's nice that you got people taking pride uh, in their country uh, here in our hometown, showing a little diversity. So that's not the worst thing in the world, unless you're racist. 
Anything else you've done this week? Uh, so on that same walk, I did uh, walk past a table. Uh, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> manned <laughs> by some flat earthers who uh, were also anti-maskers, and they had a, an informational table set up in the park uh, by the lake. Yeah. By the lake? Yeah. What? The, when when was this? Today? Yesterday? When was this? It was on Saturday when it was you know fifty ah, and sunny. Like fifty, okay. Getting out yeah. there to enjoy that last sunny day. So that seems so sad that that's the best they could do is like let's set up a table out in an area where people are walking to hope to convert people or hand out pamphlets. I, I don't know. I didn't stop to chat because they had a strict no mask policy at their table. As uh, the signs kidding, were posted, man. so like I yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Uh, I can only hope that somehow the world goes back to sanity. Oh, and uh, also on my walk, there's somebody just casually strolling around the lake dressed as the plague doctor. Like, with what? With the big long snout thing? Yeah. What's going on? Why but is also, it, those <laughs> lakes like the place where everyone, it's like a college campus. Yeah, not only was he dressed like that, he had a uh, a Bluetooth speaker tethered around his waist and he was, uh, he was getting the lead out, playing a little Led Zeppelin. <laughs> was he wearing a robe? Yeah, like the whole get-up. The, yeah, the, the wow. Plague Doctor mask and like a robe and the hat. It, yeah, you look interesting. Uh, you see guys who dress weird at the bar, back when you used to be able to go to bars. And it's just because they want people to talk to them. They've come by themselves. So they wear some weird jacket made of glass shards or something. And you're supposed to go, oh, what's with that? <laughs> and drunk people talk to them. But yeah, just going around the lake in a weird costume. Yeah, that one I don't understand. Well, why is it not possibly the same motivation? Maybe he just wants people to talk to him. I guess, but I mean... I don't know. It's not like anyone likes... Someone's not going to say, hey, why don't you walk around the lake with me? Let's be friends now. But at a bar, everyone's like, ah, hang out with us. It's a, it's a little bit more of a commitment you can get out of people. Why are we talking about this so much? I don't know, because you won't let it go. <clears throat> I don't know. I just got to get inside the mind of someone that does that. Why are they doing it? Do you go grocery shopping or anything fun? <laughs> Is that fun? <laughs> I don't know. No. It's kind of the only time I get out these days. Uh, and I'm not with my kids. After Thanksgiving, I just pretty much sat in the house the whole time. There's nothing else to do. Well, go out and do something. Go for a well, walk. I did take a walk. I take okay. walks. Okay. Uh, try well, to get out of the house. Yeah, right. I try to do a little something. I've, uh, I bought myself a kettlebell or whatever you call it. The weight with the weird handle on the top. It's just a ball. Okay. Yeah. That's a kettlebell. Yeah. And so I'm doing the weird kettlebell swing exercise every morning now. Don't hurt yourself, buddy. I hope you know what you're doing. Oh, no. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to lose weight. I spend every day walking for two hours on a treadmill or outside uh, all summer and all fall, and I couldn't get past 185. I just kept sitting at that weight, and I couldn't get any lower. And I was watching my diet, and I was counting calories. I was doing the whole thing. Nothing changed. And then a friend of mine said, yeah, you got to start, like, actually doing weightlifting or something. And I said, I don't want to do weightlifting. I don't want to be one of those assholes. So, yeah, now I'm doing kettlebell exercises by myself in my living room like a weirdo. And then I can see Wait, people Wait, why is that weird? Me. All sorts of people do that. Why, why does that make you a weirdo? Uh, it's because it's such an active thing. It's one thing if the people outside are walking by and they, they always look through my windows at me uh, when I'm sitting at my dining room table working and stuff so if they were to see me doing something like oh i don't know yoga or something they'd be like oh yeah that's fine but when they see me like swinging a thing around 
wildly in my living room. <laughs> it just know. seems weird. I, I think you're being a little self-critical there. I don't think that's weird at all. That's a very common thing for people to do. Oh, you think that's self-critical? Do you think it's, it's self-critical that I close all my drapes when I do it now? So I'm doing it in a dark living room in the middle of the day? Because that's what I do. I don't know. You, you have nothing to be ashamed of, but whatever makes you comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's probably what happens. I'm getting more uh, disgruntled uh, because of my job loss situation. Oh, no. You? No. No. I know. No. My upbeat no, chipper stop. attitude. Yeah. Stop. Can you believe it, Ben? You'd think that I would. anything would turn me sour, but this did. Uh, so, yeah, now suddenly they ask me to do stuff at work, and I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. And then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I get on this. So by the time it's like, uh, well, it's like a lot like the teens in the book we read today where there's a lot of smoking cigarettes and not paying attention. It's kind of what I'm doing. So I come to the show with the same, that's the kind of energy I'm bringing right now to this episode. Hey, it's working. Keep it up, I'd say. Well, thank you. Uh, why don't we dip in to a little bird blurb? Do we have one? Fucking A-Ray, right we do. Well, Ben, uh... You said you got something from Gretchen. What's the bird blurb for this episode? Uh, Gretchen's Backyard Blast bird blurb. Fun facts. The most (laughs) short-lived birds are hummingbirds. Ruby-throated hummingbirds only live three to five years. The longest living bird in North America is the condor. They live to be 60 years old in the wild and live even longer in captivity, sometimes reaching 80 years of age. The condor is also North America's rarest bird. There are fewer than 300 in the wild. <laughs> is that the bird blurb? That went all over the place. <laughs> it started out with the hummingbirds and how young they died. I'm like, oh, it's a hummingbird-centric bird blurb, and it just goes off onto a tangent about condors. Well, if you're paying attention, we started off by saying it was fun facts. Okay. And then it was just short-lived and long-lived. What's... All right, fine. Okay, whatever. It's just I like a little more structure with bird blurbs, but fine. That's fine. I mean, we're not going to run with a theme on the bird blurb. Then. Everything's loosey-goosey, and there's no rules anymore. That's okay. Fine. All right, fine. Hey, I got a quick question for you, though. What's that? Uh, why do ice cream cones always carry an umbrella? <laughs> there's a chance of sprinkles. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Oh, that's adorable. And I love the way you set it up, too. I, fr- I thought for a second you really were going to ask me a real question that I might have to edit out. But instead, it's just leading into the joke. Um, why didn't the sun go to college? That's sun spelled S-U-N, as in the, the yeah, star at the center of our solar figured. system. Why didn't the sun go to college? Because it already had a million degrees. Oh, I was actually trying to think of an answer. Yeah, the sun is very hot. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it. A lot of degrees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was a fun little segment. Thanks, Thanks Gretchen. Thanks. I hope you, hope you enjoy this new music you're listening to right now. Did you hear it on the last episode? Did you listen to the last the turkey episode, Ben? Yeah, I listened to it. Because I played it when I mentioned it. And, uh, I know. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's nearly as jarring. Yeah, I know. We'll see how it plays. I don't know. Gretchen, yeah, let still. us know what you think. Do you prefer the new music or the old music? Well, that's true. Well, I hope she prefers the new music because I am not going back to the old music. I can't listen to that when I edit all the time. It's it's It grates on me after a while. This one is uh, fun. Let's pretend like we're listening to it right now. Yeah, l- listen to that, Ben. Don't you think it's fun? Do you hear the keyboards? I get the impression that this will grate on you after a while, too. I think just everything grates on you after not very long. <laughs> you got a pretty... 
pretty sour puss image of me. You're trying to paint me as the as a yeah, sour man. Yeah. Oh, where would that come from? Clearly a very sour man yourself. It's a uh, the pot calling the kettle black. Is that racist? Yes. I think it probably is. It seems like it should be. I don't think it is, but I don't even really know what the term means exactly, but all right, well let's move on to talking about the book. So, Ben, uh, I will introduce uh, the book. Hold on, now i got to act like I already have it up, my stupid notes. <laughs> the Babysitter's Club, uh, The Truth About Stacy by Anne M. Martin. It's the third in the Babysitter's Club uh, series. Uh, it was written in December of 1986. Uh, some things that happened in 1986. These are my fun facts. Yeah. Uh, that may or may not have influenced the author since the December of 1986 was so late in the year. Uh, January 28th. The uh, Space Shuttle Challenger disaster happened. Yep. <laughs> February I, 9th. Uh, Haley's Comet uh, is nearby. Uh, April 2nd, a bomb explodes on the Transworld Airlines flight from Rome to Athens. Uh, April 26th, Chernobyl disaster. And then here's a here's an interesting Wait, wait, wait. One. Go back to the bombing. When What bombing was that? Uh, Transworld Airlines flight from Rome to Athens. Oh, okay. That's not uh, the one that... Was over Scotland, then I guess. Was it? Yeah, I know. I was kind of wondering. I don't know. Uh, but then, uh, after the Chernobyl disaster, interestingly enough, we recuperated ourselves by May 16th. Uh, Paramount Pictures released Top Gun. Uh, May 25th, Hands Across America from New York City to Long, Long Beach, California, which I always wondered about that. I don't think people literally were holding hands across highways and chasms and stuff. I don't think it was really an unbroken chain of people, but. We'll never know. Uh, then <laughs> September 5th, the Pan Am Flight 73 with 358 people on board is hijacked. Uh, November 21st, the Iran-Contra affair is first heard about with Oliver North and his secretary shredding documents. Well, wait, what was the outcome of the hijacking? Don't know. Do you want to look it up? Well, I, you just leave that there. Like, we don't know I'm what happened. giving facts about what happened in that year here. Pan Am Flight 73. Pan American World Airways flight from Bombay, India to New York with the schedule stops and blah, blah, blah. So the flight was hijacked while on the ground at Karachi by four armed Palestinian men. Uh, the aircraft with 360 passengers on board had just arrived from Bombay. Ugh, I actually have to dig in. Well, I don't need the whole story. Did they crash the plane or did they... Well, it was on the ground. Kill people. What, what happened? They were, gonna, they were planning on using the airliner to pick up Palestinian prisoners. On uh, Cyprus and Israel, 43 passengers were injured or killed during the hijacking, including nationals from India, the United States, uh, Pakistan, and Mexico. All the hijackers okay. were arrested and sentenced to death in Pakistan. However, the sentences were later commuted to life in prison. Are you satisfied? Yes, thank you. All right, little background on the author. She's just the nicest lady in the world. She was a... Uh, well, I'm actually a little surprised she's a real person. I thought that was just a pen name that... Okay. No, actually, she, that's her real name, Anne M. Okay. Martin. Uh, she... After graduating college, she taught uh, a split fourth and fifth grade classroom at Plumfield School in Norrlton, Connecticut. Kids 8 to 13, and they struggle with learning disabilities, including dyslexia and autism, uh, and that she worked with them for quite a long time. Then, in 83, she published her first, first book, Bummer Summer, which earned the Children's Choice Award. She began writing the Babysitter's Club series in 85 while working for Scholastic as a children's uh, book editor. 
Uh, then in 1990, Martin and her colleague founded the Lisa Libraries to honor and uh, memorialize their friend Lisa Novak. This nonprofit distributes new books to children and establishes libraries in underserved areas. Uh, and then she did other really nice things after that. Oh, so, she sounds like an absolute saint. Yeah, she is an absolute saint. She's just the nicest lady. Uh, so with that... Her mother's ancestry your... can be traced back to the pilgrims who traveled on the Mayflower. Her ancestry? Oh, you're just looking this up right now? Yeah. You're trying to get in the game? Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to point out? Not yet. Oh, are you going to sit on them for a while? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still reading. Okay. I, do I think it's one... everything that you just covered, though. So this, She's still uh, alive, so she's got that going for her. She does. Uh, <laughs> in, in 2010, she published a prequel to The Babysitter's Club uh, titled Bef- uh, The Summer Before, which is kind of interesting that she's doing like a an origin story. It's strange. And apparently, uh, according to the cover of the edition of the book I have, it's uh, the Netflix series now, The Babysitter's Club is. One quote I got from the book, uh, or from this review of hers, uh, was actually at the Babysitter's Club fan site, where they have basically, it's like a wiki of every Babysitter's Club book ever written. So I looked up this specific book, and they talked about how uh, at the, I guess in her book, she has like a letter to the readers or something. And so she says in this one, because it deals with diabetes, uh, she says, I began to hear from kids who are diabetic themselves. Many of them have written to say that the books about Stacy have helped their friends understand the illness. In fact, which is nice, like, that's great. She's helping these kids that have a whatever. Like, it's yeah. hard to be accepted, and this is helping in some way. That's great. Seems a little tone deaf when she says, in fact, recently, my cat, Mouse, was diagnosed with diabetes. So the books have helped me, too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that kind of that kind of took away some of the power of your previous statement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to give your uh, overview, your crabby overview of the book? Yeah, okay. So you got these four girls, all right? They're they're why the babysitters club. Why they're you doing uh, like a sar- uh, car salesman. <laughs> I, I don't know. All right, I, I got to mix it up. So anyway, there's these four girls. They're uh, they're the babysitters club. They're in uh, Stony Brook, Connecticut. You got Christy Thomas, she's the president, Claudia Kishi, the, the vice president, Marianne Speyer, the secretary, and treasurer, Stacey McGill, who's also diabetic. <laughs> and the protagonist. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's got, she's got a truth about her. That's why we're reading this book. We're going to find out the truth <laughs> about Stacey, all right? So that's the setup, all right? And they, they kind of allude to some sort of dark past that she has. They, they're, uh, it seems like it's a you know, bucolic little town outside New York here in Connecticut and Stony Brook and everything's fine. White picket <laughs> fences I'm picturing. But uh, she keeps referencing uh, people she left behind in, in New York. And, <laughs> I feel uh, like you should have a cigarette uh, with like a really long ash sir, on it right sir, now. Tr- <laughs> hanging out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, she talks about certain traitors that she left behind in New York. Like, what the hell happened in New York? Well, I have to keep reading and find out. <laughs> so you keep reading, and uh, they, it turns out they got a little competition the Babysitter's Club does because there's a Babysitter's Agency that's open that's by right. slightly older girls. With access uh, to older boys. Yeah, those bitches. Yeah, they think they can just waltz in there and babysit? I don't know. I think the club's <laughs> going to have something to say about this agency, but we'll have to find out. So uh, the Babysitter's Club, they have to they have to hatch a plan. <laughs> so they got to up their game a little bit. They're going to compete with the agency, with their older kids that can work longer <laughs> hours because they're older, and their curfews are later. So... 
So they come up with ideas like making kid <laughs> kits, which are fun kits that they're going to bring over to the kids' houses that they're babysitting. It has games and books and shit like that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, then they, they keep escalating on there. Like, oh, this means war. And then they, they um, like, there's, like, spying going on each other yeah, between right. the club and the agency. And there's, uh, you know, there's some, yeah, some subterfuge. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, this weird subplot that I don't want to criticize too hard because it is nice that she's talking about diabetes, but there's this mm-hmm. weird diabetes subplot with Stacy and her parents trying to bring her to weird doctors, like holistic <laughs> doctors to treat her diabetes that she doesn't want to go to. Um, anyway, so it turns out the babysitter's agency that's competing with the club, they're, they're really bad at babysitting mm-hmm. and they're really irresponsible. And so like the club kind of exposes them for as the, the liars and, and the, the <laughs> shitty babysitters that they are. And like all the parents find out and like the babysitters agency goes away. The babysitters club wins. And also Stacy doesn't have to go to the weird doctor anymore because she finally talks to her parents about the, the diabetes. <laughs> she doctors. had to go talk to a different doctor to get one that's really good with a lot of diplomas yeah. <laughs> and then recommend that. Yeah. To the so yeah, there's, there's a doctor in town that, that she babysits for and she's mm-hmm. like asking this doctor, about uh, those weird doctors that our parents are saying to in the city, and then yeah, they they hatch a plan together to kind of to <laughs> kind of gotcha to the parents. Like, hey, we set we set up an appointment with a, like a legit doctor. How we do this instead of that quack that you want to send Stacy to? They're like, yeah, sure, he's not going to kill her, but he's not going to make her any better too. He's going to charge you a bunch of money for a bunch of shit remedies that aren't going to do anything. I just imagine you being like really sweaty, and you're wearing a collared shirt with huge pit stains, and you're just fumbling with this cigarette that's got a huge ash on it the entire time you're doing that monologue. That was amazing. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, Generally surprised by this book, I want to almost say it was kind of good because it had a lot of dark stuff in the background, but it's dealt with in the same way that kids really do deal with things. Like the kids are focused on the competition company that's moved in to steal all their babysitting gigs. But there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, like the diabetes. And it's not just that. Uh, Mary Ann Spears' life is depressing because she's got a mom that died when she was really young and she's not close with her dad, who's really, like, controlling. And so that comes up just briefly because they're like, oh, what time were you born? Like, most people are born late at night because they're looking at... Uh, I forget what the, is it Newton, the family that they like a lot that they're going to give like a discount to or help out when, cause they're going to have a baby soon. And they're like, most babies are born at night. Yeah. So like, when were you born? I was born at 2.40 AM. When were you born? And then they finally get around to marriage. Like, I don't know when I was born. My dad might know, but I don't talk to him. And then they just moved on. <laughs> yeah. Glenn, Glenn, when were you born? Uh, 3.40 something in the afternoon during the day. Oh, weird. I thought most babies were born at night. Well, that's what they say in this book, but it's, you know, part of the fantasy of this book. They've created a a universe where only babies are born at night. Twilight babies. So, uh... You're right, though. This, uh, you know, lots of good stuff in here. I I would much rather have kids reading... I know this is for a different age group than Twilight, but I would much rather have kids reading stuff like this than Twilight with... Totally. Abusive relationships galore. Yeah, it's like... But, I mean, there's... Which isn't to say this book isn't without a few issues. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got issues. Because as, as we found out in Chapter 3, quote, all boys are pretty interesting. She's got Lane. Her her friend, Stacy's friend Stacey's from Stacy's friend Lane. Uh, they had a big falling out. That's just kind of touched on here and there. And, of course, it gets bigger towards the end. But And it gets resolved at the end. Then there's Charlotte, a kid that gets babysat. Uh, and she's constantly bullied and talked down yeah. to by people. And then... Because uh, she's, she's too smart for her... The, 
for the second grade. Yeah, so. it's they keep calling her teacher's pet and stuff. They call her teacher's pet. And yeah. they're like, there, there's some, hmm? uh, on the other hand, there's a little bit of body shaming too. I don't know if you caught that. No, what's that? Well, it was, um, so Mrs. Newton had a baby mm-hmm. and, you know, a few weeks later, the, the kids went to see the baby and we stepped through the door. I was surprised to see that Mrs. Newton still looked, well, fat, <laughs> not pregnant exactly, but not the way I thought she would look after the baby was born. <laughs> oh, well, it was the eighties. I, that, that's my attempt to try and explain that. <laughs> to, to body shame the new mother. Yeah, I suppose. I feel like there was a lot more uh, comments around being people being overweight in the 80s. But I don't know if I'm just making that up. Oh, and Lewis Newton, the three-year-old boy of the family, uh, when he's being taken care of by the, the competing babysitting agency, it's like child abuse. They left him outside in the cold without any gloves or maybe even a jacket. <laughs> No hat or mittens, and he was playing like by the street, yeah, like in the in the snow and the slush. Yeah, and one of those. So this competing agency basically comes out of nowhere. They discover it because they see a flyer, and the flyer looks better than their flyers that they put around town, which is adorable because it's the eighties. Uh, they they see this flyer <laughs> and they see that it's like the babysitting agency, and that they can have people stay till super late at night, which these girls can't do because they're too young and they can't stay out too late. Uh, and it just goes on and on. And that, you know, every they can take on a ton of people where these girls have to, like, juggle appointments and not be able to take on everyone's requests. So, like, how do they do it? So Christy calls Liz, and Liz asks what her name because she says, uh, I'm wondering if you're available for babysitting. And then Liz says, who are you? And she says, my name is Candy Kane, which apparently doesn't cause any alarms. And she goes, I'm going out on a date, and I need you to watch my kid. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, my, I, I don't know if she asked what your boyfriend's name is or whatever, but then she brought it up on her own. She goes, it's Winston Churchill, which apparently didn't cause any alarms. <laughs> but she, Yeah, they're not the brightest, are they? She finds out that basically the they take the request and they outsource it to older kids, ones that are like 15 and 16 that can stay out later and everything. Yep. And so that's why they're getting beat. So, uh, but it turns out that they're... They don't really vet the people that they're hiring as freelancers. And so these kids will go to other houses, watch the kid, but barely pay attention to him. That's why uh, Lewis yeah. is standing outside in the cold. Yeah, they just sit in the basement smoking cigarettes and inviting their boyfriends over. Yeah, inviting their boyfriends over, sitting on the phone the whole time. Uh, yeah, and then they left a cigarette burn in one of the couch cushions in the basement and stuff. And uh, just kind of how I imagine you on this podcast. Just kind of barely there, seedy. You're texting whoever you're seeing lately, smoking cigarettes, telling me to get lost. (laughs) (laughs) So that that, that was all kind of interesting and weird. Uh, Do you have anything that specifically sucked for you besides the fat shaming? Nothing that sucked, really. Just, yeah, there was some weird kind of funny quotes like that. But no, nothing that sucked. It was just overall nice nice story yeah. for the kids I think well that's the weird thing I guess for me because for me I don't really have anything I guess just generally I was kind of surprised at how they there's just a lot of really depressing things going on behind the scenes that are just kind of barely touched on and it kind of hangs with you like uh, Marianne Spears life with the dead mom and the creepy father uh, then the friend in New York yeah. Lane who thought Stacy was lying about her diagnosis and stuff and then like Charlotte being bullied and Lewis kind of being this weird neglected kid with the new sitters. And I'm like, there's a lot of kind of mildly dark stuff. But I guess this is also stuff that just happens in kids' lives and they don't focus on it as much as adults do. So I guess it's kind of true to the thing. And so I guess that kind of falls into what's good. What I initially liked about when I made myself read Harry Potter 10 years ago was that it wasn't all feel-good cutesy. There was a lot of, like, jerks at the school and those jerks never got any comeuppance. 
they were just like Malfoy was just a jerk and he kept getting away with being a jerk and was a jerk to the very, very end. Um, and in a way, I sort of like that. Like, oh, it's a little bit of the harsh realities of being a kid uh, in this kid's book. So it's that's kind of interesting to see. But knowing what we know about the author of the Harry Potter series now, she's just kind of a jerk. So I don't think she was trying to identify with the kids or say any kind of specific uh, poignant thing. She's just a jerk and she's writing about jerks. This uh, does a better job of showing some of the difficulties, I think, of being a kid without it being so, like, dark, I guess. I don't know. It was just weird. It was interesting to me because they're focused on their big problem and there's stuff going on in the background that's kind of also playing out. Like with the diabetes, uh, her parents, there was one comment that was also kind of dark. There was one comment about how the parents realized they couldn't have another kid. (laughs) Yeah. And so then her first thought was, if anything, if I died, are my parents going to be okay? Well, she seems, she said, what if I died? I'd be gone and they wouldn't be able to have another child. Yeah, yeah. And so they wouldn't be able to make a replacement baby if I died. Yeah. Which is, that'd be so sad. It's like a, it's like a thing that I think kids probably think. But also, she didn't focus on it heavily. It wasn't like a big theme uh, hovering over it. It was just kind of... But then her parents got super protective of her, and that's why they started jumping around from doctor to doctor and eventually doing the holistic doctor thing. But in the end, it all plays out where the parents finally respect uh, that for her to make her own decisions or have a a bigger say in the decisions about how she's treated and what's going to go on with her. So it's like that does play out in the end, but it's not like the focus of most of what you're reading. So it was really interesting. I thought it was that was done weirdly kind of well. Uh, and that's kind of it, I guess, for what's good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't. Yeah, I don't have a ton of good or bad to talk about. With it. it was just sort of nice story for kids. Yeah. Like, what's this for? Like, what, eight to 12 year olds? Maybe? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I got a couple. What the hells? Oh, yeah. Lane. So when she makes friends with Lane at the end of the book. She goes back to New York to go see... I th- and how did that play out? She went to go see the holistic doctor because her parents made her go. But then she also set up an appointment with this, uh, like, credible doctor also in New York? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what happened. So they had... It was a, a Saturday and they had an appointment with the holistic doctor. And then, yeah, Stacy had her... Who was it? Miss Johansson or something? Is that... Yeah, I don't remember now. Whoever the doctor is in Stony Brook pulled some strings and got her an appointment the same day with the reputable doctor in New York. Yeah, so. which turned out to be better. So, But then they were going to stay with Lane's family instead of a hotel. Uh, so then she's kind of... Yeah, they, usually they would stay with one of the aunts or uncles. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, but it turned out this... Because uh, Stacy's parents are friends with Lane's parents. Yeah, and so then she got to kind of be forced to make up with Lane. I guess Lane didn't really know the full story about her, her illness, and so she did... Since they moved away from New York, she learned about it and she feels bad. She kind of feels guilty about how she treated her. So when they make friends and they go see a movie and stuff and they talk about it and then they're buddies again, uh, Lane tells Stacy about some girl named Deidre and uh, how there was some boy she really <laughs> tr- was like some boy she really liked that didn't really give her much attention. Then one day when she finally got a bra, he started hitting on her yeah. and that was a success. <laughs> yeah. Cinderella story. Yeah, that was kind of weird. There's at one point, as the babysitters club, the four young girls are walking down a sidewalk, a school bus full of high school, because aren't they in middle school? Yeah. A school bus full of high school people, uh, I guess mostly boys, uh, drive by and they all lean their heads out and go, and they catcall them, going like, ooh, babysitters club, I I need you to come babysit me. (laughs) This is so gross. Yeah. 
But I guess that's true for its times. <laughs> Probably very true for today as well, that like uh, young boys are creepy. Yeah, they are. And I think it's Stacy, when she talks to Jamie, the little boy, he finally comes clean because she gets to watch him at one point uh, because they hire, they get their own, they bring their own people into the Babysitter's Club. They're trying to expand the group to compete. Uh, one of their ideas being clean houses and then bring the kid kit, like you were saying, and then hire on more people, hopefully older ones that can stay later and then that can help them compete against this other agency. And uh, the two people they bring on are kind of surly teens, kind of like you on yep. the show. And they uh, they ditch out on their the jobs that they were given, which makes them look bad, and they, they lost clients because of it. So they finally get to come back to uh, watch Jamie, and Jamie explains that some of the teenagers that they did wind up getting from the other agency were on the phone all the time and neglecting him and smoking cigarettes and having boyfriends over and all this stuff we find out. Also, did, uh, how did the parents not realize people were smoking in their house? They I know. Specifically said the parents didn't smoke, yep. so wouldn't they smell cigarettes smoking I thought the, the exact same thing, because I was like, so my parents smoked in the house, and so if I ever snuck a cigarette when I got to be a teenager, uh, they never noticed because the whole house reeks like cigarettes all the time. They didn't even notice if there's a haze of smoke in the room because they're just used to seeing the haze all the time. <laughs> but when I stopped smoking, like in the 90s, especially in the house, you, you, it smells horrible. And so it's like the, the smell in the house is you can't ignore it. <laughs> it's in the furniture. It's in the walls and the carpet and it's everywhere. How do these people not notice? <laughs> it was completely yeah. amazing to me. Uh, I, I don't have anything really good for random quotes. I got two. One isn't that great. It says, uh, which, but I laughed. If looks could kill, you'd be the only member of the babysitter's club left, which I thought, oh, that's classic, uh, bad teenage book kind of line. But then one at the very, very end, uh, I was kind of, uh, I was like, oh, this sounds like something Ben and I would say at the end of a particularly successful episode of our show. Which was, uh, we won the battle and the war, said Mary Ann. <laughs> We're the best, exclaimed Claudia. <laughs> I feel like we need a cheer, I said. You know, rah, 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 sis, boom, bah, something, something. The Babysitter's Club, hooray. Would you settle for junk food? Which is totally something Ben would say after I talked about doing a chant. <laughs> Asked Claudia. She removed a bag of gumdrops and a smush package of saltines from me from under the cushion of her armchair. We ought to congratulate ourselves and celebrate. So that's how I like to imagine we are at the end of this episode. Would you recommend it? I'm not singing a song with you. Or <laughs> doing a cheer. Can we at least end every episode with uh, the Algeria song? Albania. Ah, dang it, you're right. Algeria, that's not even the right continent. I know. Good Lord. Well, this is, what was that other thing I said where I was trying to think of the right word and I think like... Hepatitis came out of my mouth. I forget what I said. <laughs> it's like, nope, wrong thing came out. <laughs> That's what this happened. Uh, I, I guess I would recommend it, especially to, I mean, this definitely over Twilight or anything else, I would say. Uh, yeah, I if, wouldn't recommend it some, to another 40 year old guy, but I would no, recommend it to, to, to a kid. children. Uh, if anything, it's got some of the. Like I keep saying over and over, the uh, some of the complexities and some of the little bit darker stuff that kids actually do deal with in their lives that they don't really pay attention to, but they can identify with, you know, a crabby yeah. parent and that kind of thing. And so I thought it was not bad. I actually, uh, you know, weirdly kind of held up a little bit, except for when they mentioned things like uh, Claudia Kishi, Stacy's best friend, 
she's got the private phone line. That was a real big deal. And I remember in the eighties when I was a kid, uh, if you had your own phone line, Jesus, can you imagine that be like, cause you wouldn't have to pick up the phone and yell at your parents to get off or your sister to get off. So you could call your friend. (laughs) Uh, that was something that was like a real problem. Uh, and then also she mentioned at one point, uh, we looked over at the, when they were waiting for the, the two teens that were supposed to come to their meeting, uh, that they try to bring on as new ads to the group. Yeah. And they didn't show up. And they said, we, we looked at the digital clock. <laughs> it said 6.50 p.m. I was like, oh, the digital clock. Because you got to call it out. Because you're kind of proud yeah. of it. All right. So uh, let's. So which which of the Babysitter's Club would you say uh, your daughters are most like? Oh, boy. I think. I think my youngest would be like Marianne Spear that doesn't know what time she was born because she's too scared to ask her parents. The living ones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I want to say my oldest daughter is a lot like Liz Lewis, the owner of the competition. Surly. <laughs> cunning. Uh, Devil-may-care attitude. <laughs> yeah, I'm Perfect. screwing you over. What are you going to do about it? That's the way my oldest daughter definitely is. Great. So, yeah, do you want to dive into Ben's Corner, where you read a segment? Uh, yeah, of course did, I do. Did you pick one out? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then why don't you dive in? All right, so this is uh, when the Babysitter's Club has decided they need to up their advertising efforts to compete with the Babysitter's agencies. So their plan is they're going to wear... Uh, like sandwich boards <laughs> advertising themselves. So they're they're walking down the street with just advertising boards <laughs> draped over themselves and um, I turned around. A school bus was heading our way, loaded with high school students. They hung out of the windows and called to us as the bus passed by. Hey, hey! Woo! The Babysitter's Club! Hey girls, give me your number. I might need a sitter. Chrissy held her head high and kept walking, looking straight ahead. I'm dying. I'm dying. I whispered to Claudia. But I told myself if I felt like a fool, it was for the sake of the club. And the club was worth it. That was pretty good. I didn't know if you had any more range beyond uh, 1940s newspaper man or Louis Anderson, but... I got to say, I love your high school boy, and I I love the, I'm dying, I'm dying. (laughs) Well, nice work. Let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Yeah. Well, Ben. Uh Uh-huh. We wrapped up another one. Uh, Yep. Overall... This book was more successful than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, but I won't be reading any more in my free time. Or no. maybe I will, and I'll just never tell you about it out of embarrassment. That's fine. Or you can watch the Netflix series in your free time, because I don't want to do that either. Uh, what, what are we reading next? I think uh, we should reconvene in two weeks, but what are we going to read for that? I don't know. I'm kind of a big fan of just diving straight into Helicopter Man Pounds Billionaire Dinosaur Ass. Okay, so I don't have that yet. It's on its way. Is it? How much time do you need for it to get to you? I, I don't know, because it... Well, I got through bookshop.org. I took advantage of their free shipping offer that expires <laughs> today. Please, get your orders in at bookshop.org. Well, actually, it's going to be too late by the time you hear this episode. It expired on Monday. Well, all right. Thanks for being on the show, Ben. Got anything else you want to add at the last minute? I'll nope. take that as a no. 
I don't either. So let's just move on with our lives. So in two weeks, Nancy Drew, number 44, the clue in the crossword cipher. Yeah. Uh, that's our next big move. So yeah. I'm sure everyone's going to look forward to that. Uh, thanks for listening. Oh, do you want to scream about bookshop.org or did you already do that basically? Well, I mean, I did already mention how I shopped at bookshop.org because I like to support local independent, independent booksellers. You know, I actually went to our website, nuzzlehouse.com slash bookshop, and was able to search for the next book that uh, I'm going to be reading for Leaves of Glen and found it easily within the basic buddy link that we have that allows you to search, go straight to bookshop.org and see results, the book that you'd like to purchase. Hmm. It turns out our website is married almost perfectly with bookshop.org. Yes. Now with that, let's move on. Uh, Okay. uh, Bye. Bye.